Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Uh, just getting back from the VA, uh, this friggin' physical therapy and trying to fix my shoulder and everything else is a hassle on timing. Tomorrow I gotta go to physical therapy again. Today was the VA. What a pain in the neck. Although the silver lining is I got a high-speed TENS unit, a fancy one, and that helps a lot. Um, I just gotta limit some of that movement and what I'm doing it's it's the bigger movements and carrying stuff with my shoulder which really friggin kills me um funny shooting isn't too bad and jumping into shooting uh was out yesterday with the KRG Bravo stock and more specifically I had more time with the Magpul stock the Pro 700 which is very similar looking to an old legacy AICS or Accuracy International chassis. And um, there's so many pros in that Magpul. Number one, you cannot compare the Hunter with the Pro 700. Two completely different style designs. The Pro 700 has a full chassis underneath. It's a much stronger feeling stock. It's not just a plastic injection molded like the Pro Hunter. Hence the price difference. If you look at the old AICS legacy chassis with a folder, that was twelve hundred bucks years ago. Today, you you got a thousand bucks, which is the listed price. I think people are going to sell them for seven eight hundred bucks for that Magpul. That Magpul does stuff stocks should be doing and aren't doing. I talk about marksmanship, fundamental frank, getting the rifle fitted to the shooter. All these different elements to help you when it comes to marksmanship. If you set the rifle up for you, you 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 have much better results at the end of the day. Again, going back to the analogy of your car. Think about this. You go out and, and you're going to buy a Porsche. You're going to buy the best car you can get. I don't care what it is. A Mercedes, BMW. You're going to go buy a fancy car. So you go, you go to the dealer, you say, okay, I want this feature, I want uh, airplay, carplay, whatever the deal is called, I want leather seats, heated, all these different things. Then the dealer delivers the car. You get your color, you get your interior, you get your tech features, you get the wheels and rims you want, but as soon as the dealer hands you the keys, you just get in it and you never adjust a mirror or a seat. Okay, think about that. You're sitting in your car right now, probably listening to this. Put your seats to how the dealer delivered it and drive around. You'll hate it. Like for me, I couldn't even reach the damn pedals, right? I'm like, ah, I can't reach no pedals. They're too far away. I got to put blocks on them. You know what I mean? But even then, it's not allowed because I can't adjust what the dealer gave me. I got to take it how it is. So many people do that with precision rifles. How they get it is how they shoot it. I mean, really the only thing they're doing is setting the scope up to them rather than putting their eye in proper alignment, fitting it to their shoulder pocket correctly with adjustment in the stock. And then the big one, huge, huge, the grip to the trigger. That matters so much. I've been asking for years, and, and and hopefully somebody's listening. Tom, Tom, Tom Manners. You and I talked for ages about an Olympic 22 
$3,000 Anschutz, Walther, whatever the case may be, stock and the adjustability an Olympic shooter puts into their stock versus our tactical rifle stocks. Okay, just about any stock for a precision rifle. Okay, once you get down to this, hunting rifles, uh, you, you name it, how you get it is how they are. The design goes back friggin' 100 years. They haven't changed shit. You know, now, like, we're, we're ecstatic to get an adjustable cheek piece. Well, why isn't everybody shortening the stocks up and putting a three-position butt plate on these things? Up, down, left, right. Matters. Magpul has it now. It's not a lot of adjustment, but it's enough to make a difference. The trigger grip. You can change the trigger rake from the more traditional back angled, and I don't know the degrees off the top of my head. If I remember that, I'll forget something else. But I have the straight grip on the Magpul stock that I'm using. That's the one I put on. I can now move it forward to get a proper 90 degree trigger finger. So I can support the firing task with my grip because the grip moves. You got a new shooter, junior shooter, little kid, whatever the case may be that you want to get him into shooting, how they use that trigger is important. How they learn and come up without having to compromise is important. Magpul solves it, okay? There is a lot in that. There's things you can do to shoot better if you build the device better. The, 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 the delivery device, the rifle, okay? How those, you know, we, we're, we're talking with, with Glenn and I still got, God, I got so much content. I got the, the mile high training detachment videos we have to put out still. I have the seeking stuff that I'm putting out and now I'm kind of getting caught up with some of the reviews and stuff with the stocks and the things, lessons. So I put the error budget lesson up yesterday for guys if you go on the everyday sniper podcast facebook page it's there if you look around sniper's hide you'll find it i put a video up so for the people who are asking about the miles per hour and how they're playing with the wind what they can do to attach guys are talking well the tremor does miles per hour in the wind dots you can align that blah 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 yeah i'm not a tremor fan So you could do the same thing with anything else. You just have to apply a value to your win hold. 0.5 equals this. 0.3 equals that in miles per hour. And then that'll help you just determine your miles per hour. And you can do it in smaller increments. So as it grows, you understand what's happening. I shot it with the Magpul. I'm, I'm using that. M-Lock. You could put the Dan Hansen's uh, Really Right Stuff on the bottom. Now you got that entire rail. I had a Really Right Stuff pad, or you know, just a little three-inch plate that I put on for the bipod. If you take a look at how fast and easy that is to use, and it's not trying to fit it into the pick, although the device that I used works with the pick rail or the Really Right Stuff dovetail, but when that video comes out and you see how quick and easy it is to move it, Everybody's going to be like, holy shit, why aren't we doing this with the dovetails? Magpul stock will do that through the M-Lock process. For your military and law enforcement guys who are listening, and I know the military is not, but law enforcement, you want an upgrade option for your piece of crap Remington 700 stock that you're using. 
You want this adjustability. You want the movement on the trigger, uh, the, the, the grip for the trigger. You want all these marksmanship enhancing features, especially you guys. Here's the deal, man. You get a call out. You got a guy barricaded in his house. He's in there. I don't know if he's got power or whatever the case you guys are doing. If you're cutting him out of power nowadays or, or what. That, that's tactics-wise as you. But if that guy's in the house for six hours getting negotiated with and you're on your rifle, man, you want it comfortable. You know, you may not be pressed up against it for the entire time, but you're going to be sitting behind that rifle for an extended amount of time. The rifle doesn't care if you're comfortable, but you do. Boop, 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 boop. I'm banging this. Anyway, so that's the deal, man. This turn that Magpul made toward adjustability, towards comfort, towards fitting it, it works left or right-handed. Boom. Are you a left-handed guy? You buy the same stock as the right-handed guy, swap the parts, you're good to go. But that ability for you to be in there behind the rifle and be comfortable matters. Doesn't matter to the gun, doesn't matter to the bullet, doesn't matter to the scope, it matters to you. Think about if you had to constantly hunt for your eye relief, how annoying that would be. Well, we don't just drop the scope on wherever, we set it up to us. Now, adjust the cheek to you. Infant, you know, up, down, left, right, a little bit over, whatever you got to do. The butt plate, that's your point of contact in your shoulder. Our shoulder pockets are usually not straight. That's why people can't the rifle. Everybody, I have guys bitching, oh, can't the rifle, oh, it's so important, you got to have a bubble level. Okay, so let's say 1000 bucks for the stock. So you bought it, I don't know, a $1,000 Remington 700 with their cheesy-ass stock and $1,000 for the Magpul stock. And we'll just go straight retail. Then you're going to put a scope on it, whatever. Well, now you're going to go and spend $150 on a bubble level where you can just tilt that butt plate a little bit and now your brain is not going to want to pull the rifle over because it's already over. Our, our can't mechanism is actually quite small. These guys who make these, you know, uh, examples and go five degrees, five degrees is BS. Nobody's canting five degrees without noticing it. Our can't is usually less than two degrees. So if the rifle moves that little bit and gets more comfortable, you're not going to try to pull the rifle over. It's built in. The folding stock mechanism, all that stuff is really good. Left and right, you can take it and get rid of it. If you don't want a folder, they're going to be a block. Now understand, I talked to Jimmy from Magpul. I, I really appreciate those guys being local and calling me up and getting, you know, and getting the inside. Because they, you know, they're asking me. They they gave me the stock early. They're right up the road. Hey, Frank, we got a stock you can use and, and play with. You know, let us know what you think. And they're actively hunting for feedback. They're actually, you know, when they see the picture that I posted, as soon as I'm on the way home, my phone's, call, you know, you call him. It, it's Magpul. Hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you got for feedback? Hey, what's going on? And, and why is that? I'm using a pre-production model. There's things on my stock that will get filtered down, rendered, boiled, whatever word you want to use, and made better for the production model for you guys. 
And one of the things we talked about is like the hinge. There's actually a spot in there. The hinge is stiff. It's nice. I think they did a good job on the hinge. I got. I like where the button is on the hinge. I like how the button works. They have like several levels of detent in there to keep the hinge tight. Well, they notice that there's that there's a spot in between. There's the there's the closed, and then there's the detent on the fold. Well, in between there's a there's sort of a stiff spot. Not a bad thing because I mean um, it's the fold. Who cares? But if you just push the button and lay it over, it doesn't just flop over. It catches that that space and it tightens up. Then you have to push it into the lock position. Is that a big deal? No, it makes the hinge tight. But they recognize that and they say we're going to work to eliminate that so it's not so obvious. It's not so in your face that when you push the button, you have to actually move it to the lock position where you can just, it'll swing a little freer. Okay, good tip. The other thing I noticed, I used, I specifically used a Magpul magazine with the Magpul chassis. I, I went, grabbed the Magpul 10 round mag, put it in. Well, I hit the, the release and it doesn't drop free. Yep, guess what? I said to him, hey, the mag doesn't drop free. Yes, we know doesn't drop free because your stock was built this way. The production stocks will have this process that will actually kind of relax that magwell and it won't be as tight, okay? They're aware. They mentioned it. They talked about it. They emailed me back. They got texts from them today. Talked to them yesterday, said it was a little tight. I said, mentioned it in the video. That'll come out in the next day or two. And they got back to me. Hey, talk to the engineer. Here was the process. And they explained it. I'm not going to go into what they do and their secret sauce. But they said, here was the process when they built yours. Here's the process today. And this is different. Do you want us to swap it out? Well, eventually, yeah, we may swap it out. But no, I don't need it to swap out right now because now I know. Now I'm telling you and I'm relaying that information that Magpul relayed to me to say, these are the facts. The facts are your pre-production does have a tight magwell. The post-production, the, 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 the production model won't have that problem. The hinge is a little tight from here to here. We're going to take in some of that and we're going to get rid of some of that. Okay, so production model, Magpul will drop free or magazine will drop free. Magpul magazine goes together, will drop free. Hinge will move a little easier at this point right here. Great. I got it. I understand it. I appreciate it. Now you guys know, and if somebody says, well, I don't like this, well, maybe it's one they saw at SHOT Show, a pre-production one from SHOT. Different than the production model. That's why they're not out on the street right now. That's why I'm playing with an early one. Again, it goes back to feedback uh, that it goes, what the hell, man? Goddamn screen. I got to kill this. Goes to feedback that the companies will provide. Uh, do, do we have a little gap there? God, I'm so tired of technology. It's like, what the fuck? I, I, I really, really... Well, wait a minute. It says screensaver starts after... Screensaver options. Yeah, okay. Start after an hour. That hadn't been on for an hour. What the frig? I hate the... I'm so tired of technology. And I get it. People are... I like offering some examples. They're like, hey, man, now do this, do that. Yeah, I get it, dude. I'm investing a 
fucking ton of money on like this recorder and and the thing is got static. I'm my biggest critic. Anything you think you hear or you think doesn't sound right, I've heard it amplified at a plus 10. I hate it. And it becomes a case of do I throw out the baby with the bathwater or do I kind of let it, you know, keep the content because, you know, I, I usually don't know until I put it in the editor. It drives me so nuts, man, because let me tell you what. A big percent of my tech, uh, my my money goes to technology to try to make this stuff sound good for you, to try to make my videos look good for you, to block out wind sounds and to do all this stuff. And it drives me nuts. I'm kind of had it with the fucking computer, the whole thing, man, with, with some of this stuff just acting weird. You know, it's like, fuck, stop going into sleep mode. Stop changing this. I don't need you to. I, I mean, I don't want it on. I don't want... Keep my display fucking working. God damn. It's like going in. I'm, I'm trying to talk. I'm watching. the. I'm on the home computer. So I'm watching everything. And, and, and my goddamn thing is trying to go into uh into screen screen zone. And it says after an hour. How do I tell it? Never. I'm going to just tell it friggin never. Hopefully it won't go into mode. And then I can't make sure everything's working. Hate tech. So. Anyway, back to Magpul. I am a fan. I do like the stock. I think it's a good stock for a smaller shooter because that grip moves. I think there's a lot to like. Okay, same thing with the KRG Bravo. That's a great low-budget stock. All right, I'm just getting started with the Bravo. I'm in a bit of delay, and, and the shoulder thing doesn't help. But... KRG is a known commodity with their stock. The Bravo's a good stock. Excuse me, a good stock. This is all, you know, nowadays we're splitting mega hairs on some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Manners has an internal chassis in their stock. I think McMillan has a thing going on with theirs now. You got KRGs, you got Magpul. There's so many choices. Here's the deal with the choices. You know, Pick the one that you think is going to give you the features that you want and it's going to fit you the best in terms of adjustability. It be, it come, You're buying this stuff because you're trying to upgrade from a piece of junk hunting stock that came on, you know, a Savage Tupperware, a, a, a Remington Hogue style, all those junk stocks that flex and move. So you go to a chassis or something else to get the features you don't have. And it's saving you from doing the duct tape foam core, you know, wrap. So that's why you go to these stocks. Now, if you want them to work a little better, yeah, do a little skim bed. Do a little tang bed. Do a little, pill, not pillar bed, but um, recoil lug area bed. Little pad. My best shooting Gap 308. Werewolf. Named after the SS Troops. That were dropped off to harass the allies, the werewolf. Okay, they were they were snipers, they were terrorists, they were all kinds of stuff during World War II. Second Tank Division was returning to Germany, pulling out of France, pulling out of Belgium, doing a rear guard kind of action. And what they would say is, "Okay, you stay here. When the allies come, mess with them." And those were called werewolves because they were individuals who were designed to attack 
big forces, okay? Ballsy dudes. And, and so that's that rifle. It's a hammer, okay? Pad bedded. AICS chassis, pad bedded. Don't be afraid to bed the tang, to skim bed the area, or to bed in a pad in front of the chassis. If you have the time and opportunity to do it, I recommend it in some levels. Okay, you may not need it. It may not change the accuracy or the fit of the rifle, but it'll give you a layer of consistency. It'll give you an element of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It'll give you an, uh, uh, confidence. It'll give you confidence in the system just knowing it's there. All right, that's what you could do it. There's room in a lot of these ones because they got some of them got a pretty good recoil lug area. And the funny part is, oh God, so many of my older gap rifles, all my custom gap rifles, I can't even put them in a lot of these chassis because the recoil lug's too big. I had the old uh, tub style, the heavy badger. They don't fit in these. So now you got a lot more smaller recoil lugs and they're going in these chassis, which give you quite a bit of room. You can bed that. Put a little bit of that bed in front, locks in, boom, good to go. I get it if you're going to swap it around, then you don't want to bed it. But it's cheap insurance to make sure that rifle is bulletproof. It's a tactical rifle after all, right? Tactical rifle should be bulletproof. Anyway, so that's my take on that. Uh, did some training lessons. I got a, The online training stuff is up and running for everybody. I did a longer wind budget lesson than what you saw. I actually originally, there's a, there's a tail end of the lesson I put up on the Everyday Sniper Podcast Facebook page. That's from the main lesson, and that was left out. Originally, I wasn't going to do it that way, and then I said, ah, it makes more sense if I, let, if I explain it. So I took a three-minute video and turned it into a five-minute video because I felt it adds a layer of information that was important. In the online training video, there's a little bit more to it. It goes into a little bit more detail on that wind and, and what we're doing. And something to understand when I put stuff out on YouTube and I put stuff out for free um, in, when it's in a lesson format, there's usually a little tiny piece that might be missing. And it's important, but the thing is, I kind of want you to come over and, and get the full lesson. Take a class, go whatever. That's why classes are three days and some of these videos are three minutes. You know, there's a big difference there. So, you know, just understand, put these things in context that I did add that piece in there for you everyday sniper listeners. And so, um, you know, I, I, I hope you get that part of it, um, that it's not just something that I normally do. All right. So, um, the seeking stuff. I still got the SP10 video coming out. Uh, I still have the history with Glenn and, and from, you know, hey, should I do this to my look at me now? Uh, there's about a 20 minute talk with Glenn Seekins. I have to edit up. I still got a lot of the video from the Tactaholics guys. They were just at the world record event with uh, Travis Walla and those guys. Congratulations. It sounded like it went off great. Um, I, I, I was supposed to do Gunworks, like I mentioned. I was supposed to, you know, thought about the world record event. Those two weekends conflicted. And I was going to drive up to Gunworks and do the NRL. I really kind of want to go to an NRL event. Um, just to, you know, because I, I like what they do from an event standpoint. 
But with the shoulder, the the moving with the rifle is the worst part. Carrying the packs are the worst part with that muscle being all tore up the way it is. So I didn't go to either, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of getting caught up locally. We had a great little window with the wind. And then today the wind's back up to 45 miles an hour. Oh, hey, you guys who went to the class, our classroom's gone, tent's gone, couldn't find it. They said it was in the southwest corner. Um, and you saw how we tied it down. We waited it. We did the whole thing. It was a carport for you guys who hadn't been to the class. Um, the winds out here, we not only staked it on every corner, we not only got this sandbag filled wrap around for the poles where I waited all four corners with the poles, I tied it to a Connex box. So it was butted up against the Connex box to hope mitigate some of the wind coming from that direction. I tied it to the Connex box. Then I staked it down. Then it was T-post staked down on the opposite corner. Then it had sandbags on top of it. The wind on our range ripped it and got rid of it to the point I couldn't find it. I drove my car down as much as I could. I need a four-wheeler because it starts to go into that craggy area. They said it was in the southeast corner. I couldn't find it. Tent completely gone. So our classroom is toast. Um, you know, good idea, bad execution. We need a we need a hard building out there. Either that or we got to use the hotel. Although I don't like the idea of the hotel because I want to be able to walk out of the classroom and shoot. And the hotel's 15 minutes from the range. So there's a little bit of, uh, how do I play that? I, I may make an adjustment, but I'm not sure. It may be worth to come out to the range and meet everybody, do my evals and everything in the morning, and then uh, go right to the classroom between that and lunch. And then after lunch, everybody come back and just shorten my classroom up a little uh, Fort Morgan style. Um, and then I could kind of fill in some things. Maybe I'll do like a couple early mornings and do first thing in the morning, like a win class and then come out to the range. And then the last morning, do some positional stuff and come out to the range. So maybe it's worth breaking up the classroom into smaller blocks instead of doing it out there unless we get a building. Um, just for that one context, like the Alaska guys, we got the classroom right there. So everything can be done. We can go back and forth and, and it makes life easier. But I'm reevaluating some of that, um, and I may make modifications. I have time. Uh, I have multiple PowerPoints. I have a I have a two hour, a four hour, and a six hour PowerPoint, and I can play with combinations of those. So maybe it's 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 take my six hour and cut it up into a into a, a three one and one, you know, something or a four one and one, something like that, you know. So it, it it's it's always. It's always fun and interesting to kind of play with how you're teaching somebody this information. You, you know, you may say, hey, this is a good logical way of explaining this. And and then when you get people in front of you, it's like, okay, five guys got it, but five guys didn't. How do I explain it to them now that eight guys get it? And so make adjustments so the majority get it. Rather than, you know, splitting who gets what concept at what point, you know. So there's that. But um, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm playing with it. Uh, also, tall target stuff. People have been uh, asking. Oh, there's some tall target stuff out there. We do have that target finally getting printed. I had that tall target from years ago. 
and and it's it's a little it's it can do a bunch of stuff. It doesn't have to just do tar target testing, but it's gonna get printed and there'll be two to a sheet. You can shoot it, you can measure with it, you can do whatever you have to do. Um, it's still uh, it, it's easy to see and easy to use uh, off of the uh, targets USA scope mount. And Jason Wood up there is actually doing a new design and making it look pretty fancy. A bunch of people have copied our scope tool adjustment uh, device there. And so Jason's making it super fancied up and, and it's looking pretty good. But, um, I mean, you know, uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. I still have the, the podcast thing to talk about Seekins. I got to edit that up. It's on here. I just got to go through and do it. Like I said, it's it's breaking my groove having to go to this goddamn friggin' uh, physical therapy stuff and these appointments. Uh, the the VA was easy, but it's still you know you, you you leave the house at nine, you get there at nine thirty. They call you in at you know for this today. They called me in at about fifteen minutes after I got there, and then I'm I'm out half hour later. Drive back and and you know. So nine this morning, eleven thirty this morning, and and half that morning shot, and it kills my groove a bit. I hate it. So uh, you know, tomorrow at physical therapy, I got to go early. So hopefully that'll help me out. And the weather's turning to crap. We're we're getting our final hurrah, I think Friday. So um, it'll give me a chance to catch up on some of this video and podcast stuff that I got. Like I said, I got great content for you guys. Um, I also want to um talk about. Guys are asking me about suppressors. We did do a suppressor thing. I thought we talked suppressor in the rifle setup, the early ones. We had a on the Podbean app, somebody was asking me about suppressors. And um uh Thunderbeast is gonna be your 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 rock star. Anything in the Thunderbeast mode is gonna be great. I'm a Silencer Co. fan. I know there's a couple mixed results because they do so much in that, but I like Silencer Co. I just got, and I'm playing with this Leviathan. Leviathan suppressors are, are, it's turning out to be really good. I actually have the short one and the long one. There's like a five, six inch ghost. And then uh, um, it's uh, uh, like a nine inch. And it's got the same name as like the SAS. I, I don't remember what the hell it's, Barricade? I don't know what it's called, but there's two. The Leviathan uh, ones are working really good. Sniper Side Team Challenge is coming up in Colville. You want a good precision rifle suppressor that's under the radar? Sully Arms. S-U-L-L-Y. Sully Arms Suppressor. It's what's on my AX right now. It's the stainless steel looking one. Uh, it is titanium, um, but it, it, it's, it, it's, it's clean. It's, it's bare metal, so it's silver. If you see the pictures of my AX, my uh, Pre-14 AX with the Elite Iron bipod on it, that's a Sully arm suppressor. That guy's working really, really good. Um, the other one I like is the AWCs, like the Thor, the Thor TI, the Thor PSR. AAC has been kind of going to hell with the Remington, Cerebus, all that crap. I've got some good AACs. And I've got some bad AACs. AACs a coin flip. And you know, I'm not a fan. I mean, I know AWC is part of the groups in in you know Remington AAC yada yada. AWC is part of Surgeon. 
uh, Nexus and McMillan. I think that's a good suppressor, man. Um, you know, like I said, Thunder Beast, you're never going to go wrong with a Thunder Beast. So, you know, why we even have this discussion is tough. But what else do I have here that's really good? I'm trying to think. Um, my silencer codes I use a lot, and I have most of them. I got the big bag here of them. I had them all off. Uh, I mean, one of the other ones I use a ton is my Jet, but Jet is kind of defunct. I mean, I think they're still out there, but the guy who built my Jet works for Thunderbeast. So it, it's translated over to that. Who uh, other, what other suppressor am I using that I'm digging? Surefires. Okay, so sure, if you're military, law enforcement, that's the bulletproof one. That's the one you can launch, and I've launched my Surefire, and it still works great. Um, you, you can almost shoot through the side of a Surefire, and it still works. Um, so Surefires, but I know I talked about this before. So either you're not caught up on the podcast to the one guy who was asking me about suppressors, or um, I just misremember it, but I'm pretty sure we spoke suppressors. The interesting with thing with this Leviathan, this little shorty Leviathan, and I stuck it on the Magpul, the proof, the one I shot yesterday. The dope is like a mil lower, and and I haven't. I gotta check the zero on the thing again and see what the heck it's going on with it. I got a zero rifle up. I gotta go through the whole process. Right now, I'm just sort of tooling and fooling and noodling. Frank Zappa, I'm noodling. You know, right now I'm just noodling with the, these things. When when I first get something, I'll noodle around a bit. You know, okay, I'm playing with this, playing with that, and I and I start seeing some pros and cons that way, and then, you know. The next step might be like officially looking at it and in, in, in mapping it. And then the next step will be reviewing it. So there's a, a bit of a, a play process, then a technical process, and then the review data capture process of when I'm doing reviews with anything. Um, for me, my mind works when you kind of just let me noodle a bit around a bit. Press buttons, play with things, you know, like with the, um, I have the Garmin, the, uh, the, the Fortrex 701 ballistic app here. The, I have the, um, the watch, the, the tactic, the Bravo tactic. I like to play around with it and press all the buttons and I watch videos and I'm doing all that stuff. And then it's like, okay, now let me put it into my version of real world situations. And that's where the technical data collection a lot of times I like to use it like you might use it. And by you, I mean the guy who doesn't read the instructions. So I kind of look at it that way. And, and I'll, I will go, after I've noodled, I will go read the instructions cover to cover. Because I want to see how forgiving something is from a guy who just opens the box and sticks it on a rifle to a guy who opens the box reads the instructions, sets it up correctly, and then, you know, goes and works with it. So I try to play with it both ways. I'm, I normally would be a guy who won't read the instructions, but I am a guy who reads the instructions because of all these technicalities, like with all this, you know, video podcasting crap. I got to read the instructions. I'm not a, I'm not a musician. I'm not a videographer. I have to take classes. I have to learn these things. And so I'm re I'm constantly watching videos and looking at this stuff. 
And so I'm with the rifle things. I mean, a lot of them for me become, yeah, this translates. It's easy to understand. I recognize it. I got what's going on. But there's people out there who don't. So I want to see when I open a box what it does if I just grab it and try to go with it. And then is it a case of, well, I grabbed it. I tried to go. It didn't work. I had to read the instructions because that can be an important thing. You may have noticed when I did the Revic, you know, there's a lot of stuff in that Revic that you can use it as a traditional scope. You can use it as a Bluetooth, you know, ballistically installed, does everything scope, or you can do like a minor hybrid of it because there's more than one mode and, and you need that to know all that stuff. So rather than just go straight for software, I went for traditional scope, software, and then combo. And and so that's a bit of my three-part review. Hey, let's look at it. Hey, let's talk about it. Hey, let's, you know, and, and, and bring it into practice. And part of that is why I like that Pawnee match because I'm playing with stuff. You know what I mean? Well, well, how well is this going to work for me when I didn't try? How well does it work for me when I do try? And how well, you know, it, 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 and what's the gap between them? Because that, that will matter to guys like you who don't like to read the instructions on stuff. So anyway, that's kind of where, where my head's at with this. I, I wanted to knock this out for you and, and get it going. Like I said, I do have the one podcast I know I can salvage from the car talking about Glenn. I have the video from Glenn and I can take the audio from that because his audio is a little light and I haven't tried editing it yet. You guys understand 90% of this stuff is pretty heavily edited, um, not from a content standpoint, from a make it sound good standpoint. Like right now when I'm doing this and and, and I was just bitching about the, the thing going into sleep mode on me, um, I'm watching the, the waveform. I'm watching the patterns. I'm making sure it's moving along and I'm not spiking or under talking and I'm, I'm actually monitoring my levels you know so that that's something that that's happening to make this sound good and then when that little like with this damn brand new Tascam recorder when we were getting that little bit of static and I I think it's now what the hell see it just went I turned off my screensaver and my screen just went into freaking off mode again I just turned it off what is it doing I hate it you know Cause then, then I can't see the controls and the buttons. And if something happens, I want to hit pause and I want to go over and do what I have to do. Maybe the doorbell rings, maybe the dog needs to go out, whatever the case may be. And if it goes into this damn sleep mode, God, I just had it. it, it it's dry. It's driving me beyond nuts. And, 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 you know, like with this, that, that I think that static you guys heard is the Android phones when they're getting messages or getting notifications, I think it's doing. I think that's the 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 transmission receive pattern that you're hearing through this damn recorder. Why it does it at one place and doesn't do it at another? Mike and I have. It could be the proximity to the phone, the proximity of something. I don't know, but like I said, I just. Turned off the screensaver in my software and my monitor is going off. Why? Why are you doing that? I hate it. I mean, I, 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 like, again, it, it'll force me to go 
buy another monitor or something because I can't stand this one. I don't like the way this one works. You know, why do I got to keep jiggling my mouse every friggin', you know, five minutes and 38 seconds so the dang thing won't go into shutdown mode and I can't see my controls and my thing. Like I said, just going to click the button to turn it back on hits the pause. And if I'm not watching it, you know, like in the car when I, with the lost tapes, I couldn't see the flash versus the steady. The only way, like when I'm moving along, there's a red light. And the red light in the daytime is not, you know, it's not daylight bright like our scopes. Well, is it flashing? Flashing is pause. Or is it steady? Sometimes I can't quite tell without being right over the top of it. And when I'm driving down the road, you can't be right over the top of it. So it's it's just these little minor things that drive me nuts. Mike just cracks up laughing about it. Like, you know, what the hell's going on when I go into my mini, I hate technology rants. I love technology. I love all these toys. But the toy better work the way it advertises. Otherwise, I'm going to be pissed, you know. So Mike's over at Mile High. Adam's been dropping some good stuff for you guys with the six BRs and his load development and stuff like that. I don't see the effort for all that stuff. I know they like that little zippy. Man, 6.5 Creed more. Just go get factory ammo. If you want to reload it, reload it. Your speeds are good. 6.5 or 6 millimeter Creed more is the other thing. If instead of BR, 6 millimeter Creed more, just do it in that. It's the same. So you're doing all this extra work for, I don't know, whatever. I'm cranky today. I got needles. You know, I got, I got stuck with, Cindy was nice though. Cindy was a nice lady at the VA. Thank you, Cindy. You did a nice job giving me needles. Although she said my arm's going to be black and blue because my vein did some kind of wiggly thing. I don't know what the hell it did. And then tomorrow I got to go see Jennifer to go get my back work done. That hurts. The TENS unit helps, but man, that sucks. So that's why Frank's in cranky pants mode. All right. This has been the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper Side. Come on over and talk to us. Oh, down range um guys are asking me about the data board data board data board data board the e dope it's an e dope card and i thought investi if you go to investi's website nick vitabo there with ab it says one of the things he was working on right on the main page it says what are we doing what have we done what are we working on it says it and i thought that came from him and then when i was at kestrel's booth at shot show they had it in their booth. Well, then you go on all their websites, like people said, there's none around. But I mean, Brian Morgan had some. There's some here. I hadn't chased them down because I, you know, I don't mount that stuff on my rifles as much, but I'll put it on my arm bar. And so I text Brian and I said, hey, we're who has it for sale right now? It's downrange. Is it targets? Let me see. Hang on. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. It is Downrange Systems. Downrange Systems has the E-Dope card, $130. It Bluetooths all your data from your Kestrel. You can put your stages and do your stuff. It's, it's really good. It's super light, super easy to use. I ordered two today, Downrange Systems. That's Ronnie White over there. Um, Ronnie's done some other things. He's a good dude. Uh, shoots for Barrett. Um, so that's who's doing those e-dope cards. I, I, you know, it's, God, it's, it's amazing with some of these guys, man. It's like, if you're not perfect on what you write down, I wrote, I tried writing like dope card, a bunch of stuff on, on Google 
nothing came up. And then when I saw it was e-dope card, it was like, oh, okay. You, you put in data card, you put in this, and it gives you all this crap you don't need. You do Bluetooth this, and it gives you circuit boards. You do all these different things, and nothing comes up. It's probably too far down the list. Downrange systems, they have it. All right, um, Mike over at Mile High Shooting, uh, 303-255-9999. Um, guys, get a hold of me. I'm getting good feedback with the discount codes for... The Sniper's High Team Challenge, if you're a company out there, if you're friends with a guy who's a company and he wants to put out some discount codes for the match, we got a ton of junior shooters. The junior people are all signed up, so they're coming again. I'm shooting with a nine-year-old. Uh, I should look his name up. That's rude of me. That's me. I'm a dick. Um, it, it, the, the kid I'm going to be shooting with is nine years old at the Team Challenge, June 2nd. Uh, a bunch of people are, are doing their stuff, so... Um, if you got a company and you want to send over some discount codes, we're, we're, we're doing that. Um, and, and there are going to be some people who are going to back it up with some prizes on the prize table. So we've heard that and we've talked about it. So it's something to uh, look at. All right. Frank from the Everyday Sniper. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on a Sniper's Hide and conversing about what I'm talking about. Thank you for... No, I'm not thanking you for Facebook. They're, they're nasty. We need to get rid of them. Come to Sniper's Hide. Um, if you know anybody who does an app cheaper, somebody just quoted me like, and, and the swing was huge, man. It was like $20,000 to $60,000 for an app. No, I ain't doing that. that that's a huge freaking crazy swing. I mean, that's not even any, that's not a, a zone. So anyway, the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide and have a good day. Later.